Beautiful worship tonight. How many have appreciated the presence of the Lord that is in this place? Hallelujah. Amen. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Uh, we're going to begin or continue rather our series that we have been uh, focused on, which is the series uh, called Blameless. Uh, we are coming from the book of 1 Thessalonians and the 5th chapter. 1 Thessalonians and the 5th chapter. I want to say uh, how happy we are. Uh, this past Sunday, uh, how many enjoyed the services? Brother Duval and Brother Jordan preached powerful, powerful messages and such wonderful services here at First Apostolic Church. We were able to celebrate the one year, one year church anniversary of the Liberty Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for Pastor Justin and Sister Tiffany Metters and uh, you know, you get to thinking about that. Our one-year church anniversary was in 1926. And so that puts it in perspective uh, when you consider uh, the, uh, the journey they have in front of them and when you consider the accomplishments that they have made in this past year. And so we, we had a good time celebrating. Of course, Brother and Sister Metters had come here to minister, and we have been supporting them in their endeavor to start this work, and it was wonderful to walk into the heart of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and to see people who had been brought out of darkness into this marvelous light with hands uplifted, praising his name. Amen. And to know that while we were doing that, y'all were here getting the good word of God, worshiping God. You know, there's no place like home. And so when we're gone, y'all just know that we are itching to get back. And we thank the Lord. I'm glad that God is God anywhere you go. Amen. God is God anywhere you go. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so we're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, reading a few verses of Scripture there. Of course, we're going to begin again at the 23rd verse because that's really where we are focused. The Scripture says that the very God of peace sanctify you completely, holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blamelessness is how we're getting to heaven, folks. Blamelessness is how we're getting to heaven. We're getting to heaven because we are able to stand blameless before the Lord. No sin will enter that city. So if you're planning on taking your sin with you into heaven... That's not possible. There's no sin that will enter that city. But you and I are fallen creatures. And so our only hope is to be baptized into the blamelessness of Jesus Christ. It is, Jesus is the only one qualified to go to heaven. And if I'm going, I'm only able to go because I'm in his body. And, and it qualifies me to be in, in the in New Jerusalem. So we are receiving blamelessness by virtue of, of what he did at Calvary. We identify with what he did at Calvary by repenting of our sins, being baptized into his precious name for the remission of sins, and he by promise fills us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we are made blameless by the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit. But this refers to being preserved blameless. Preserved blameless. And so we can tell when we are weak in the faith because we begin to go back to some of the things God brought us out of. And we begin to take part in some of the things that God delivered us from. We forget how abhorrent sin is or we forget how... Uh, peaceable righteousness is and we end up going back the Bible describes it as a dog uh, returning to his to his vomit as a pig wallowing in the mire and that is exactly what we do and we've all done it we've all sinned and we come short of the glory of God but tonight we're talking about how to be blameless and how to be preserved blameless and how to walk in the innocence of Jesus Christ so verse 23, what we've read, teaches us that God is going to sanctify us completely, body, soul, and spirit. This, of course, happens again in repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
We are, we are reconciled to God, body, soul, and spirit through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is why it is our, when we repent of our sins, we are being reconciled to God in our soul. When we are baptized into Jesus' name, we are reconciled in our body. And when we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are reconciled in our spirit. This is how the Holy Spirit fills us and completes us. And so this is sanctification. This is completeness. This is, this is a perfecting work of God. And it's not through our perfection, but through the perfection of the Spirit of the Lord. But verse 22 gives us an insight into how people can be preserved blameless. And it is simply this. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. It is necessary that we preach against sin. It is necessary that we teach against sin. That we live lives that are contrary to sin. The reason is not because we are self-righteous, mean-spirited, hateful, or think that we're better or holier than anybody else. We know better. But what we do, we know better in the sense that we know better than to think we're better than anybody else. We are not holier than anybody else. But Jesus is holier than everybody. We are not, we're not better than anybody else. But Jesus lived a life that was, thank God, above reproach. And so when we say abstain from all appearance of evil, that's not hate speech. That's love speech. That's not, that's not some kind of a nitpicking or self-righteous attitude. That is giving somebody the key to peace. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Because evil, ladies and gentlemen, is a, is a cancer like you've never seen. You may have experienced the ravaging effects of evil. You still have no clue the, the fierceness of this thing called evil. But I do know that it was the, just the mere knowledge of it was capable of dismissing Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden and into a world of thorns and thistles. And we've all been pricked by those thorns. And we've all been, been cut by those thistles. And we know the ravaging effects that evil can have upon our lives. So we must abstain from all appearance of evil. But, but telling somebody to abstain from all appearance of evil in their flesh is kind of like putting up a fresh coat of paint and then hanging a sign that says, wet paint, do not touch. And they walk by and they're thinking, abstain from all appearance of evil, abstain from touching the wall. And of course, you know what wet paint, do not touch means translated it simply means put your finger on this and get it on your clothes while you're at it and brush up against it and 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 ruin something that's what it means in our flesh and that's the way we treat the admonition of abstain from all appearance of evil you cannot do this by yourself you need the power of the holy ghost you need the concentration of the Spirit of God. You need a healthy diet of His Holy Word. I'm not just, you know, the word Bible is a, is a sacred word, but it really just means book. But this isn't just any book or just any Bible. It's a holy book. It's a holy Bible. It is separate from every other book, and it is pure. That's what holy means, separate and pure. And so this book is something that needs to be a part of your daily living. This is your daily bread. So abstaining from all appearance of evil is not easy to your flesh. Here's why. Your flesh is in cahoots with evil. Your flesh is partnered up with evil. Your heart is desperately wicked. There, there is an, there's an inside guy in your body, soul, and spirit called the flesh. And you think, oh, I'm going to do good. This is great. Just heard a good message. I feel the spirit of the Lord. I'm going to start doing well in my life. And, and, and 24 hours, not 24, 24 minutes later, there's something going. You're back to doing what you were doing because your flesh has got to be crucified. Not coped with, not dealt with, not, no, crucified. The lusts of the flesh 
will war against your soul. So what we read here in verse 22 is this admonition from the Apostle Paul. Abstain from all appearance of evil. But, but preceding that, we're going back now. Preceding that, we see these, these kind of short, concise bullet points from 1 Thessalonians 5 that just pop up. And I'm going to go through them starting at verse 16, which was the first lesson in our series. Rejoice evermore. The second was our second lesson. Pray without ceasing. The third we're going to talk about tonight. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. And now you're ready to abstain from all appearance of evil. If you will take the time to thoroughly understand these bullet points, you'll understand that Paul is laying down a proper foundation upon which you can build strong abstinence to the appearance of evil. Rejoicing evermore, praying without ceasing, in everything giving thanks, quenching not the spirit, despising not prophesyings, proving all things and holding fast that which is good, prepares you now in the throes of temptation to abstain from all appearance of evil. And so we want to know now this next uh, part of the foundation. Rejoice evermore, just a quick uh, summary. Rejoicing evermore, we talked about that. Our first lesson is a, is a calmness and a wellness of your soul. We likened it to the woman of Shunem who said to the prophet Elisha, when, when all problems in her life were breaking apart at the seams, her son had died. This was a promise from God. A promise from God had died. And now she's looking at the prophet Elisha and he's asking her, is it well? Now she's come to a crossroads of how to answer this question. Because if, she, if, he, were, if he were asking her, is everything going okay in your life? Are all things uh, as you want them to be? Well, that's an entirely different question. But he said, is it well? And that requires an answer. And only one answer is right from the person who is walking with God. And it is this. It is well. Now, I don't know what you're going through right now. But I'm going to tell you the answer. It is well. It is well. It is all right. It is going to be all right. That's not wishful thinking. That's not even positive thinking. That is a faith decree that we must be in the habit of making to say to our problems, to our challenges, to our own difficulties, it is well. I will not sink down into the demise of my flesh. It is well. I will not let depression get a hold on me. It is well. I will not allow fear to intimidate me. It is well. Hallelujah. I will not allow doubt to keep me up at night, torment me, cause me to question the promises of God in my life. It is well. But your promise is laying down on the bed back in the prophet's chamber, not breathing, not the heart isn't beating. It's still well keep talking like that what you're doing is you're rejoicing in the Lord and you rejoice evermore and you're you're laying that first layer of foundation on, on how you can abstain from all appearance of evil all evil is is something trying to replace God in your life understand that God is God God will never change his glory is is great and his grace is sufficient get used to that word sufficient it's going to help us as we understand Thanksgiving tonight. Sufficient. The grace of God. I, 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 you know, the Bible describes grace as great. Great grace. Another place describes his grace as sufficient. Sufficient grace. Of course, we sing the beautiful song. I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, but now I see amazing grace. So I like to say it this way. There are some days his grace is great. Other days his grace is sufficient. But every day his grace is amazing. Every day. 
It is amazing because if you'll trust in the grace of God, you will learn that his grace will bring you through. Hallelujah. Then we talked about praying without ceasing. Continual prayer. Don't worry. Pray. Don't, don't doubt. Pray. Don't fear. Pray. Don't, don't cower down into depression. Pray. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to... I'm not here to browbeat anybody. I'm not here to, to say that you are less of a person because you have worries and you have fears. We're all there. We're all, we're all human. We all understand what it feels like to worry, to have fear, to have doubt. But never should we allow our human struggle to become the dominant feature in our life. We must understand that these things are not of God and we cannot allow them to have foothold in our life. So when I come to you tonight, I don't come to you to pat you on the back and tell you to keep on fearing and worrying because it's perfectly normal. I've come to tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, lay claim to his promises and pray through. Pray through that crisis. Pray through that challenge. Verse number 18, where we take our, our lead tonight. In everything, give thanks. In Everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So let's, let's talk for just a moment about Thanksgiving. Let's just, and you know what, it's September. We're not to November yet. Let's just go ahead and, and get something straight right here, right now, all right? When we get to Thanksgiving, it's not Turkey Day. It's just not Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving Day. It's not, about, it's not about the turkey. It's about giving God thanks. Thanks. I'm reminded of that beautiful song Brother Carol Magruder wrote years ago that says, thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed my soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Do you know he wrote that while he was pacing the floor in his kitchen in the middle of the night? His head was, his head was uh, completely bald because of the, the, the chemotherapy had taken his hair. And he was struggling with a horrible bout of cancer. And while he was struggling through that bout of cancer, he woke up in the middle of the night and while the enemy was trying to, trying to convince him that he should be afraid and that he should doubt until he died, he instead began to give God thanks. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Don't you say those kinds of things when you're on the mountaintop? Don't you say those kinds of things when everything seems to be going the way you would prefer them to go? Do you really say those things when cancer is ravaging your body and threatening to take you from your family? Is that when you do it? Absolutely, you give God thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That there is an amazing statement. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So let's just answer the question right now. Who needs to know the will of God tonight? Raise your hand. If you need, if you need to know the will of God, just come on. Let's see, a, let's see an honest show of hands. I'll close my eyes. You need to know the will of God. God, I need to know your will. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to look any further into the scriptures to know his will. This is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. If God can transform you into being a thankful person in everything, this is the will of God. If God can take you from the grumbler, from the complainer, from the murmurer, from the doubter you have been and transform you into being a grateful, thankful child of God regardless of what's happening in life, but in everything you're giving him thanks, the will of God is being accomplished in your life. 
Now let's check this preposition again because verse 18 begins with a preposition. It, that, that, that word, that preposition is this. In. Everybody say that word. In. Let's make sure that what it's not. Okay, it does not say for. So if, if your favorite cat, pet cat, got you know, hit by a car and it's got a little cast on its leg, you don't have to thank God that Mittens got her leg hurt in a car accident. But you need to thank God while you're going through the battle of Mittens limping around the house. In, not for, but in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, so we give God thanks. How do we give God thanks? Let's talk about how do we give God thanks. First of all, it needs to come from our mouth. Now, before it comes from our mouth, it, it, it needs to come from our heart. If it's not in your heart, then coming from your mouth makes no difference. It, it make, it's a vain repetition. It's a vain repetition. Uh, so we don't want to say things that we don't truly believe. But there's a catch-22 there. Because sometimes you have a hard time believing it until you start confessing it. So if it's something you know is true, but you're not understand, you're not there yet, you need to begin confessing it so that your heart will begin believing it. This is why the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Hallelujah. You're waiting for your heart to believe so that you can start confessing with your mouth. What if you reverse that and said, I know that my heart needs to believe this because it is the truth. So I'm going to, I'm going to confess with my mouth what I know to be true until my heart gets into order. Remember, your heart's desperately wicked. Remember, your heart is deceitful above all things. You've not, um, you've not met a devil more deceptive than your own heart deceitful above all things so you command your heart what to believe i believe god is a healer confess it with your mouth i believe god is a savior confess it with your mouth well i don't know if i'm there yet pastor say it anyway confess it with your mouth until you believe it in your heart because if you start believing, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing on this planet as powerful as a believer. And if you start believing the words of praise that you are saying, then watch out. Miracles will begin to flow from you. So in everything, open up your mouth and give God thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on my life. Folks, we're blessed in ways we don't deserve to be blessed. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how it happened, but, but somehow in the middle of the night, somehow in the middle of the night last night, because I'm going to tell you, I was sacked out. I didn't remember to do this. But while I was asleep, God came down and kept my heart beating while I was asleep. Now, I know that's just that happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, and how often do I stop and thank him for it? And, and, and while I was asleep, I, I didn't remember to do this because, you know, I kind of was doing my own thing, just sacked out. But while I lay there asleep, the Lord came down and kept my lungs inhaling. And exhaling. God did that for me while I was asleep. While I was asleep, the blood flowed all throughout my body. It kept circulating just as it needed to circulate. I didn't do that, ladies and gentlemen. I, don't, I, I didn't have the presence of mind. And you know what? Even if I did have the presence of mind, if my heart decided to stop beating right now, what am I going to do about it? God has been good to us. And why don't you just take a break from your problems and lift up a praise to his name and say, Thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. 
thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord, that you put health in my body. Thank you, Lord, that you put food on my table. Thank you, Lord, that I've got shelter over my head. Thank you, Lord, that I have clothes upon my body. Thank you, Lord, that I've got friends and I've got family. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that I have means to survive and to thrive. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And folks, that's just the basic necessities. Let's talk about him saving us from our sins. Let's talk about him redeeming us from destruction. Let's talk about him reaching way down into the pits we dug for ourselves when he didn't have to do it, but he did. Let's talk about it. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, glory. My God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. I broke every commandment, broke every law, transgressed his word, snubbed him, slighted him, defied him, denied him, betrayed him. But his mercy reached way down while I was in sin. Christ died for me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. You can always, here's how you can give God thanks in everything. You can thank, you can always thank him for something. Always. My, but my car broke down. Then thank him that it was running for a little while. But you don't understand that my, I, my air went out. Well, thank him that it'll be back on before too long. Come on, you can thank God for something always. Thank him for the health in your body. Well, I've been having this ache in my leg. Thank him that the ache isn't in the other leg. You can always be thankful. Be thankful unto God. You say, now, Pastor, what does this have to do with anything about abstaining from all appearance of evil? Here's how it has something to do with it. When it comes time to abstain from all appearance of evil... If you are in a habit of thanking God for every good and perfect gift, for every good thing that he's done for you, then when you get into that position of temptation, you're more likely to be loyal to him. We see an example of this when Potiphar's wife tempted Joseph. And Joseph ran from the temptation. And this is what he said. How can I do this great wickedness before my God? This is a man who learned how to give God thanks in everything. In prison, give him thanks. In the pit, give him thanks. In the betrayal of your own brothers, give him thanks. Sold into slavery, give him thanks. Hallelujah. Despised and rejected, give him thanks. And when Potiphar's wife comes calling, you are more likely to be loyal to God because you've been in the habit of saying, Lord, I thank you that it's because of you I have breath. It's because of you that I have funding for anything. Lord, I thank you that it's because of you that I have, I have health in my body, that I have, that I have relationships, that I have, that I have this, this history of being able to pray to you and you come through for me. Notice what Psalm 150 says about praising the Lord. Praise him for his mighty act. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Hallelujah. So, so if you're struggling to find something to praise God for, here I got some stuff to praise him for. Let's praise him for parting the Red Sea. Praise him for delivering Daniel out of the lion's den. 
Praise Him for delivering the three Hebrew children out of the fiery furnace. Praise Him for overshadowing Mary and, and making of a woman and making under the law the only begotten Son of God who would give His life so that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, I've got some stuff. I've got some mighty acts to thank God for. Thank Him that that night you were so intoxicated you still don't know how you got home. That I'll tell you how you got home. God never left you and God never forsaken you. He kept you the whole time. You've got some stuff to praise him for. You've got some stuff to give him thanks for. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now we say that word excellent and we just throw it in a bunch of other synonyms. Good, great, fabulous, magnificent, tremendous, terrific, excellent, excellent, excelling. His greatness excels. His greatness excels the medication you're on. His greatness excels the advice you've been given. His greatness excels, ladies and gentlemen, your greatest achievement or anyone else's. His greatness excels above any and all things of this world. And so you've got a reason to give God praise. And the more that you do it, the more likely you are to be loyal in the face of temptation. Amen. You know, I, I, I thank God that he's loyal to us. God's loyal to us. He's very loyal to us. You know, the enemy comes around and, and even tries to talk him into to throwing the hedges away. Take this down. Take that down. And the only way God will do it is if it's for our good. He won't just do it. He don't just play games. The only way he'll do it is if it's something we need. And even then it comes with conditions. All right, I'll take this hedge down, but not that one. You can't touch, you can't go beyond this hedge. This hedge can go down because there, there, needs, to be some, there needs to be some changes made. So this hedge goes, but you can't cross this line. So the devil began to work on Job in this manner. We get the precedent from the life of Job. And, and, and he begins to work up to that hedge. And he comes back and says, well, I can't, you know, of course he's going to live for you because you left up the most vital hedge. And God said, well, I'll take that hedge down then. Because there there's more work that needs to be done in his life. And so I'll take that hedge down as well. But you can't take his life. It comes with conditions. Because God is loyal to you. And when you start thanking him for his Lord, that's why you're still here praising his name. That's why, that's why, that's why you made it. My God. I mean, what if we, what if we, what if we, what if we really went back and checked out every time you mumbled or murmured the line, I just don't think I can make it. I wonder how many times, I mean, only in glory will we know how many times we mumbled or murmured or stammered. I just don't think I can make it. And here you are. You made it. Give him praise. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Oh, hallelujah. And let me just remind you now, we are a one God apostolic Pentecostal tongue-talking holy rolling church. So when we give God thanks, we give him thanks. And we do it in praise, and we manifest that praise, and we receive that precedent from the scriptures. We see it in the, in, the, in the matter of David. David saw that Ark of the Covenant coming, and here Israel had been so haphazard, so lackadaisical, complacent with the Ark of God. And God, in his richness of mercy, brings the Ark of the Covenant back. And when David saw that the Lord had not given up on Israel, he gave him praise. He danced before the Lord. He danced before the Lord. Let me tell you something. That's not something you saw every day, or nor would you see it today, looking out and seeing a head of state like the king of Israel, just throwing caution to the wind and dancing before the Lord. His wife was embarrassed. She knew how kings were supposed to act. Her dad was king before David was, and Saul wouldn't have been caught dead out there dancing. And she said, oh, how glorious was the king today. And David said, you have no idea what you're talking about. He's been too good to me not to praise his name. He's been so kind. 
mind to me. I must praise his name. Oh, hallelujah. So First Apostolic Church, let me tell you, as a pastor, I appreciate that you are a praising, thanking, worshiping, glorifying church. Hallelujah. The blood-washed multitude has a right to shout, worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who purchased my salvation. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. And there's power in that praise. There's power in that praise. And so we also get this from Miriam. When she and the ladies of Israel, the daughters of Zion, she grabbed the tambourine and she began to worship God. She's the one who showed us how to use a tambourine. And she started shaking that tambourine and dancing and rejoicing and, and lifting up the Lord in song. And you know you'd do the same thing if the Red Sea had just parted and you had just, you, I mean, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about an army of malicious, of malicious soldiers who were coming to enslave you and to, to kill your children, to kill your wives, to perhaps kill you, and, and if nothing else, to torture you and to show you that you never do this again. And you're standing there saying, all right, Moses, anytime. And, and just when you thought all hope was gone, the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, the invisible Yahweh, separated the waters and stood those waters up as a heap upon one another. And they walked through on dry ground. And when those folks moved upon dry ground to the other side and came up on the other side, and then they looked back, then God released the waters. The waters had congealed almost like a gelatin-like substance. And, and then when they were released, they crashed back down upon the soldiers who God allowed to enter onto the dry ground. And once he got all the soldiers right where he wanted them the waters crashed down on top of them and don't you think Miriam didn't give God praise and what would you do if that happened you, I mean, your emotions are running high you went from I'm dying I'm dying I'm not oh we're moving we're moving we're moving we're moving oh they are too they are too they are too, too. oh look what God has done won't he do it you're going to give him praise. You're not just going to look up and say, good job, God. No, no. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to let God know, I give you thanks for what you've done. He brought me out of darkness. He brought me out of darkness. He brought me out of darkness into this marvelous life. Set my feet on straight street. Got me going right. He's a great king. He's doing great things. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Somebody said, well, all that praise in the Pentecostal church, that's just a bunch of emotion. You got that right. You are absolutely 100% correct. And I do get emotional when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me. You better believe I get emotional. It gets in my hands. It gets in my feet. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Woo. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's not, though, strictly human emotion. Because the Lord inhabits those praises. You cannot read the book of Psalms and come away with anything but that the Lord kind of likes it loud. He kind of likes it when we're loud. He didn't say make a joyful, make a joyful whisper. He said make it a joyful noise. He, he was clear. He said praise him upon the loud cymbals. Upon the high sounding cymbals. The shout of triumph. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, of course, the apostle Paul taught us we got, we got to understand that not everybody knows what's happening. So it has to be done decently and in order. So he taught us, so he said, because some folks are going to come in here and they're going to walk away thinking, those folks are crazy. 
Some of you almost walked away thinking those folks are crazy. Now we can't keep you quiet. How many thought these folks are crazy the first time? Come on, look at that show of hands. These folks are crazy. And now, you're, now we can't keep you quiet. You're singing louder than everybody. Shouting, rejoicing. Because when you truly understand what the blood did, what the Spirit of the Lord does, hallelujah, how that when that blood is painted over the doorpost of your home, it makes the death angel pass over. When I see the blood, my God. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody ought to say, God, I can, I can feel the power of the Holy Ghost delivering my family, delivering my home, delivering my mind in the name of Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Whoa, hallelujah. I won't quit. I refuse to quit. I refuse to backslide. I refuse to turn around. He's been too good. He's been too good. He's been too good. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In everything, give thanks. Hallelujah. Have a thankful heart. Give praise with a thankful heart. Lord, I thank you. Sometimes, sometimes I, 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 I just have to rebuke myself because if I start considering what, what may be challenges for me and then I look over at what somebody else is facing, I realize so quickly how blessed I am. And everybody goes through seasons of struggle, seasons of difficulty. And God keeps us somehow. He keeps us. Somehow. He wraps his arms around us. Holds us in his hands. And he keeps us through those seasons of our most difficult struggles. And, and y'all just pardon me. But I have to stop and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping my family. Thank you for keeping this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for ordering our steps. Thank you, Lord. Because, folks, it's not me and it's not you. It is the Lord who hath done this thing. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. So the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Glory. Hallelujah. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So, so I, you know I, know, I know how we view that. We think, okay, all right, well, I will. When I come to church, I'll, I'll thank God. I walk in the door. Thank you, Jesus. You know. And then the preacher preaches short, thank you, Jesus. You know, it, I, I always wonder, I, sometimes I'll say, I'm coming to a close, and I hear folks, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, praise. I thought they were just giving God praise. I'm starting to see the correlation. But we think, when I, I'm gonna, all right, I'm going to enter into his gates. I'm going to enter the doors of the church, praising God, being thankful, giving him thanks. It does, it does mean that. Judah goes first up into battle. Absolutely. It does mean that. But that's not all it means. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It means that if you ever need to walk through his gates, you can do it with thanksgiving. It doesn't matter where you are. You could be at the gates of hell. But if you'll thank God, you'll enter into his gates instead. You could, you could be sitting in the hospital waiting room with all, kinds of, with all kinds of fear dancing around you, demons taunting you, doubt, doubt and torment surrounding you. But if you'll give God thanks, 
you will enter into his gates the gates of pearl the gates hallelujah that enter into his majesty you'll sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ and the key is thanksgiving glory hallelujah so you just wherever you are give him thanks and immediately you enter in Lord I just wanted to say thank you hallelujah for being with me right now you know we can pray for something for so long and so intensely that when God answers the prayer we're so grateful we're so glad the prayer got answered but we forget to thank him for it I'll tell you a classic example is when there were 10 lepers who needed healing and Jesus healed all of them and they all went rejoicing but but one said wait a minute what are we doing and he came back to say thank you and something for him that he received different than the others was that God Jesus didn't just heal him but the Bible says he was made whole See, so, so the others received healing. That meant that there was no more leprosy. That meant that the leprosy's work had been stopped. But this man, by coming back, not only had the leprosy been staunched, but the effects of the leprosy had been reversed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he was made whole. And when you're made whole, you're made blameless. He sanctifies us wholly, our whole spirit, soul, and body. And so thanksgiving begins to reverse the effects that our own sin brought into our life. When, when, and let me tell you something. You'll get to a point where you'll even be thanking God for stuff you never dreamed you would thank God for. The apostle said that it's counting it all joy. You'll get to a place in the Holy Ghost where you'll count it all joy. The scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those who are pure in heart begin to see God in everything. Doesn't matter how bad, good, or ugly it is. They see God. I see the handiwork of God in that. I know it was bad. I know it was fierce. But when I turned it over to Jesus, he got his hands on it like the potter does the clay. And he made something beautiful out of it. And now I see God in those circumstances. Oh, I know, it's, I know it's the good, the bad, the ugly, and it can be so bad and so ugly that you could never dream that anything good could come from it. But watch God. Watch God. Watch God. In fact, thank Him for it now. Thank Him for it. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Shout now. Thank Him now. Praise Him now. Lord, I thank you. I don't know how this is going to end up, but I know you well enough to know that you're not done with this yet. And I give you praise right now for every soul that's going to be saved from this fiery trial. I thank you right now for every life that's going to be changed from this fiery trial. In everything, in everything, in everything, give thanks. Notice what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians chapter 4. Notice what he said in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. In verse number 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, that right there is one of the reasons you're going through what you're going through now. So that when you come up on the other side, you'll be able to say what Paul just said in one of his very last epistles. I have learned. Now, I know that you, I know you've, you've got a lot of different achievements here and there and whatnot. But, but nothing can teach you, ladies and gentlemen, like what the fiery trial can teach you. And so by the help of God, you're going to come out of this and be able to say like Paul, I have learned. I have learned, and this is so important, in whatsoever state I am, therewith woo, to be content. Folks, this meant content holding on to a broken piece of ship. I should be out preaching on Mars Hill. Instead, I'm out here floating in the ocean because some nautical expert 
said, let's go on through this storm. Here I am, subjected to somebody else's mistake, problem, challenge. And, and, but I have learned. I have learned something. I've learned that regardless of where I am, therewith to be content. I'm content. Glory. Hallelujah. You can, listen, you can, you can go to one of two ways with difficulty in your life. You can go through the flesh, and if you go through the flesh, it will become contentious. But if you go the way of the Spirit, it will become contentment. It goes back to rejoicing evermore. It is well. It is well. It is well. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. I'm content. I have learned in whatsoever state I am, there with, there with. There, whatever I have with me, there. There, not over there, not over there, not those greener pastures, not some, I'm not going to covet my neighbors anything, just wherever I am, what I have with me, there. There with, to be content. I know, because I've been through some stuff Paul is saying. I know both how to abound or how to be abased, and I know how to abound. See, my suffering and my struggle and thanking God through it taught me how to be content when I'm abased. Folks, that means having the, having the foundation knocked out from under you. Abased. Base without. Base removed. Abased. That means somebody, somebody said, be careful of those who kneel at your feet. For they may be reaching for the corner of the rug. You know, so you got to be... You think, oh, well, this is one. And then the next thing you know, your legs are in the air. You've been abased. He said, because I've thanked God through my struggles, I've learned how to be content when I'm abased. And I've learned how to be content when I abound. See, see, we're not ready for that. Because what we do when we start abounding, things become abundant. Compliments are abundant. Money is abundant. Good times are abundant. Good friends are abundant. No longer, we don't even need contentment anymore, right? But Paul said, my suffering and thanking God for the, for the little things therewith that I had with me there has taught me how to be content even when I'm abounding. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed by whom by God both to be full and to be hungry folks this is a level of spiritual maturity that if you can get it you are one step closer to being able to very genuinely abstain from all appearance of evil and be found and preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know how to be full and to be hungry. My God have mercy. I, you know what, folks? I can't, even, I can't even describe. You know, the Queen of Sheba said she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to see the wisdom of Solomon. And when she got there, listen, whatever brought her from where she was to see his wisdom must have been amazing stuff that she heard. She brought a caravan of spices. And when she got there, though, she said there was no more spirit in There was no more spirit in her. There was no more breath left in her. It took her breath away. And these were her words. She said the half had not been told. So there's one half that was told, and that half was enough to draw her from the uttermost parts of the earth. But then there was a half that could not be told. And that's the way the word of God and the gospel, the power of the gospel works. There is a half that can be told. And that's enough that will compel them to come. That half that can be told will bring people from the highways and the byways. That half that can be told can prick somebody's heart. But there's another half to the gospel. It's the half that can't be told. It's the half that can only be experienced and I'm telling you that when Paul said I know by instruction of the Lord how to be full and how to be hungry I can't even teach you what that is only God can 
And it'll come through your struggles and sufferings of life. And the fact that you thank God through it all and in it all, in everything, in everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you start thanking him, you will be carried away into the presence of the Lord. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. And you will know how to be full and yet hungry. So, so literally, I... If God never did one more thing for me, I'm good. I'm full. He's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. So, so I'm full. And yet, man, I can't wait to see what he does next. I'm hungry for more. Both to abound. Here comes this word abundance again. I know how to abound, and I know how to suffer need. And I know how to be content while I'm suffering need. I have learned in whatsoever state I am, the state of need, whatever state of being, even in the state of Arkansas. That's contentment, folks. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Verse number 13, I can do all things whoo, through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to get close to heaven? I'm going to close with this. Let's get close to heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Anybody ready to go to heaven, by the way? Who's ready to go to heaven? I'm ready to leave this world behind and go on to glory. But the Lord has some more folks he wants to save. And so as long as he waits, we're here until he calls us home. And we're going to labor in his vineyard and in his harvest for his great purpose. But let's look at what the Bible says. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. He described heaven as gain, gain, gain. But, and then, and, then he does, and then he defined godliness. He said without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And we got all kinds of definitions for godliness. If you went around the room and said, what is godliness? Well, we, we'd have a bunch of different definitions. But Paul told us the definition. He said without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And here's godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. God was preached unto the Gentiles. God was believed on in the world. And God was received up into glory. That's godliness. Jesus is godliness. The life of Jesus. The death of Jesus. The burial and the resurrection of Jesus. That's godliness. The work of the blood. The work of his spirit. That's godliness. Heaven is gain. I'm teaching you contentment. Notice what 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 says. But godliness with contentment is great gain. If you can be content knowing that his grace is sufficient, his blood has the power, the promise is unto me, he's coming again. He died, resurrected from the dead, and poured out his spirit, gave gifts unto the children of men. And I'm okay right where I am. Then, then you're as close to heaven as you can be on this earth. Perfect peace. Perfect love. And knowing and being content with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's lift up our hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Let's praise him right now. Come on, somebody, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Thanks, thanks. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it, all across this building, could we do that right now? Could we just thank, in the middle of your trial, could you just thank God right now? Come on, in the middle of what you're going through, I know you're going through stuff. 
You got flesh, blood, and bone. Of course you're going through stuff right now. It's got you concerned, has you worried. But in everything, we're going to give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And it's going to help us. It's going to help us to abstain from all appearance of evil. Every step of this journey, as you go through this trial, there's going to be one temptation after another. But the way to abstain is in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you and I to be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told you of the song that Brother Carol Magruder wrote. And I told you of the conditions under which he wrote it. Some of the greatest songs ever written were written under the most adverse of circumstances. In fact, so many of those old songs that we sing, anybody ever heard somebody say, I I love those old songs? Well, one of the reasons why those old songs are so poignant is because they were written in the heat of the fiery trial. And it it was the longing of that believer's soul that tied in with the the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And as Paul said, I have learned. They learned some things. And then through the learning, they put pen to paper and they wrote songs. I want us to sing this song. And whatever you're going through, I want you to be like Brother Magruder and just thank God in the midst of your trial. If it's a disease, if it's a disturbance, if it's, a, if it's a difficulty, a disagreement, whatever you're going through right now, I just want you to lift up your hands and your hearts all across this house and begin to sing this song together in the name of the Lord. Thanks, I give you thanks. Hallelujah. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, and oh Lord, I give you thanks. Come on and let's sing it together. Thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. Come on, that's it. Just give him a wave offering right now and sing it together. Thanks. Yes, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. I give you thanks, yes, Lord, thanks, oh, thanks, and I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, If your soul needs to find rest tonight, just lift up your hands and lift up your voice and sing it again. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Yes, I give you thanks, my God, for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest in all. Thanks, thanks, and I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest. Oh Lord, I give you thanks. Now, here's what I want us to do right now. You know, the thing about a fiery trial that's so interesting is that none of us would like to go through it. 
How many have ever been through a fiery trial that really changed your life? Anybody ever done that? And you, you came out of it better, stronger, wiser. You don't ever want to live through it again, I, I know. But interestingly enough, you wouldn't trade who you are for who you were before it started. You got a confidence you didn't have. You, you, you got a strength that you didn't have until you went through what you went through. So right now, I want us just to lift up our voices in thanks, and I want us to count it all joy. Can we do that? Can we thank Him for the pain and the struggle because it was for our good? Can we do that? Can we say, God, I didn't understand it at the time, but you were making me better. You were making me stronger. You were taking things from me that needed to come from me, and, God, and I give you praise for it, Lord. Come on, that's it. That's it. Go ahead and tell him, Lord, I thank you for the pain, and I thank you for the trouble. I thank you, God, that you kept me through my struggle. Hallelujah. I, kept you th I thank you, God, that you didn't turn your back on me. I thank you for it, Lord, and I give you praise, oh God. I give you praise, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Well, yes, Lord, thanks, 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 thanks. I give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. If there's somebody right now, as you go tonight, you feel led to just to pray for, to shake their hand, hug their neck, I'm telling you, just let the Lord lead you to do it because they probably need it in Jesus' name. But as you go tonight, make sure you don't leave without telling somebody it's going to be all right. The Lord is in it. It is well. He's got his hand on you. Encourage them in the name of the Lord tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name. Go in love and go in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. God bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The strength you give, simply carry on. Through life's toils and tests, worst and best, I'm never alone. Cause you're always right beside me.